the song's incredible. Every, every song by Shade is incredible. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they're a group that's in that, like, Hall of Notes category for me, where it's, like, 60 songs of theirs are, like, amazing. Yeah. Not just the songs, but also, like, the production, mixing, recording. Yeah. Like, it's the whole The spectrum. influence, it's just, like, one of a kind. It's so effortless and so soulful, but also, like, kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, let's just get into it. <laughs> Usually things that speak to, like, the soul aren't don't also seem, like, cool and hip. Oh, right. It's so rare to right. be able to pull right. this off. Also, what a bass intro. Oh, yeah. Some of the best saxophone playing. Yeah, it's not cheesy. I don't know. And it's like anything about this song that is a little cheesy, it ties in with the lyrics. Yeah. It's like about, it's about somebody who plays people, and it's, it's kind of whack. Amazing vocals. Yeah. definitely like what's cool about this song is about a guy who's like hooking up with girls all around the world so it has these has kind of influences from like different places in the world that's cool i don't know if that was intentional i'm not saying just because there's a conga it's latin yeah. music you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's like they write such a good pre-chorus here too great mixing on that sax yeah the bass is great oh the bass is a bit, maybe the best part there's a bass solo on this song too coming up. We'll li- we'll listen through that for sure. He's- and that electric piano, yeah, it's like mixed perfectly. Actually, fucking love the mixing on these Shade records. Like the beat opens up a little bit, yeah. Also love a song where they list a bunch of places. For some reason, that always gets to me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, lay to Chicago. Ooh, crazy bass with a chorus on it. Like that, that you can hear that like super tinny. Uh, ovation acoustic guitar right, the right, 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 right. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Listen to This A podcast in which we explore songs we like We research what they mean, how they're recorded Why they were written, why we like them And why you should listen to this Today we are discussing Smooth Operator By the legendary R&B Soul group Known as Sade, yep. not Sade for the right, people yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to put like, what are those like phonetic? Yeah. The, no, what are those things called? I, uh, um, damn. I should know from like speaking Portuguese, but I, like a little bit, I don't, I don't know what they're it's called. It's like a though. weird name for those little things. Not, all I know is the umlaut because I was so into like, <laughs> like Finnish metal at one point in my life. A lot of people pronounce the, uh, Sade said, I think that's how, you know, somebody doesn't know what the fuck is up. Once the, the, there was a g- 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 girl who wanted want, want to. She can't even read. Cut it out, dude. You're going to get us in trouble. Air, air, air. Today, Junior! This was released as the third single off the British group's debut album, which was called Diamond Life. Smooth Operator peaks at number five on the charts. It's kind of the group's signature songs. It was written by Sade Adu and Ray St. John. It was produced by Robin Millar. 
The song's so cool. It's like pretty rare that a song this like hip and kind of like laid back becomes a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And that like especially a song that kind of ha- like really leans on an interesting rhythm and the bass guitar. I just can't really think of a ton of examples. I wonder like how they were able to do it. But well, the first thing I want to ask is like mainly it's bass, drums. Her vocal is kind of in the lower register. Yeah, there's a tenor sax which can go high, but it's kind of deep. Electric yeah. piano, some acoustic guitar. How do you make a song sound so big and wide in a mix when a lot of the instruments? are kind of the same frequency range. Yeah. I think this is like a, a great example of how, like in, even in that book that you're checking out, how many times got like, you know, engineers and mixers say like, oh, you know, a huge part of the mix is the arrangement of the parts. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you are right. A lot of the elements do live in the same, th- the same range, but because they're produced in such a way that they don't actually talk on top of each other, they can all be heard equally, you know, like they all have a moment to shine. And that's cool. It's yeah, all yeah. the arrangement. It's it's just the arrangement. You yeah. think? I mean, obviously, like panning and stuff too, and 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 panning is important. But for this, I feel like it's more of an arrangement thing of how the parts are played. Yeah, it's and, re- it's really smart. Like nothing yeah. really shines un- until it really needs to. Exactly. Which is like really good. Props to like the production for that. The yeah. song the song's about a player who's fashionable, oh, but a real life piece of shit. I was getting in on this song because I listen to Sade all the time. Like for the people out there, this is like one of my groups. Like, right. we, I don't know if if you do this, but I always like listening to music like all the time. But sometimes I don't know what to listen to, mm-hmm. and I just have like the standbys. Yeah, I definitely have standbys. So I probably listened to this Diamond Life album like five hundred times. Right. So I, I was thinking about how the song maybe it's about a player, but I think it kind of serves as an allegory for global capitalism. Do I really have to do this, Dad? Stan, now more than ever, you need to understand the importance of saving money. But Grandma said I could use this money to buy whatever I want. Okay, next please. Go on, Stanley. How can I help you, young man? I got a hundred dollar check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I, I have $100. Not anymore, you don't. Oof. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's just about how, like, you can project this image, but, like, if you're not a true, honest person, it doesn't mean anything. Right. It's just you're being a smooth operator. That's it. Hmm. So, obviously, I listen to this song too many times. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Why do you think, like, when somebody sings in this lower register, it sounds more serious. I I really like alto range, mm-hmm. especially on like female vocal. There's yeah. something cool about it. It's like there's always like this fascinate like this fascination with like singing really high and really right, powerful. Right. But I think what's really cool about alto voice, and I think it's because it's not super hard, like it's more like there, it's more soft, mm-hmm. it's more like close and intimate, which yeah. I think is a really cool sound. So for me, like when I hear alto voice on a, on a song and like songs like this or pop songs or anything, I'm immediately like, this is cool because it's not, we're not, it's not like a very popular thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, we think of Tony Braxton, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, who else has a lot of this lower alto voice thing going yeah, on? Yeah. What, what I think it does is it feels like for me, it's like, and this is how I always feel about Sade and especially the vocals. Very, It's not very try hard. 
You know, no, it doesn't no. sound like she's trying to trick me with uh, vocal histrionics. Right. She's like telling me something in a way right. that feels chill. And it almost like makes me feel more appreciated as a listener. Absolutely. Like she's not like babying me. No, absolutely. And for, for some reason, I'm just, I just connect with that harder. And like the, the thing you said about intimacy is really cool because like what are things we can do as musicians or like mixers to create an int- more intimate environment? Because like right. somebody who like – who I think models their vocal sound after Sade, even though you're going to think this sounds crazy, but like I really believe it. I think Drake and his like mixers were like, we want Drake to sound kind of like her. Right. And like, I, is that a miking technique or a mixing thing or like vocal arrangement? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's obviously like All cl- close proximity to yeah. the microphone. Like you you have to be kind of right up on it to get like this really cool, like close up sound, you know, like. And it's it's, a, it's elements of compression and ambience. And I mean, and obviously with Drake's, it's like super compression. Yeah. Where it's like right up in your face. But I, I really think it's about finding where in your register can you perform that part that way. You know what I'm saying? Like you can put as many plugins and all this stuff and all the production stuff in there. But if you can't find it within your own space – and it'll never sound yeah, yeah. the right way. Uh, I just always like felt like feel like when I listen to her music and her sing, it's like a part of my spirituality that has always existed. That's mm-hmm. like reminding me of like these different messages that she comes across. Whereas yeah. like some, sometimes like when I hear a singer that I really like, maybe I really emotionally connect with their work, like Billy Joel, for example. But like. He always sounds like he's performing for me, right? Whereas like Shadé's right, music right, sounds right. like it just is it exists it exists it, uh, yeah it's like yeah which like, totally these are weird ass things to no, say I about totally music get it, but like man. and like i would i would challenge like listeners to try that out like really think like when you hear a song like it, it, there's the obvious like oh it makes me feel happy right we start there but then we're like does this does this music feel like it exists or does it feel like it's being performed in front of me and some of that is from the mixing right Absolutely, in the production as well. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because I have this thing too. It's like it's that same feeling of like this song has always been around since like mm-hmm. eternity, yeah. you know. And yeah, it does have a different effect on you. It's like when you listen to a Guns and Roses song, it fucking rocks. Rocks. It's being performed, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's so strange. It's also weird because you don't often. It's like in popular music when you hear like Latin American drums, it almost always means like dance. And, right. and this is like kind of more of a chill, soulful message thing, even though it's groovy, you know, yeah. you can dance to this, but it's kind of weird to hear that too. Damn British people. They yeah. just know. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about the song. How do you get that bass sound? To me, it sounds like, to me, what it yeah. honestly sounds like is one of those really expensive five string bases that, or maybe even six string bases yeah. that have those maple necks. Yeah. You know, those really expensive ones that have like six strings and a big maple neck. That's what it sounds like to me. It's like, he's definitely got like a cool, probably like the boss, mm-hmm. uh, super chorus. I want to pull it. I've got it like right behind me somewhere, but, oh, yeah, I, I see it. but like what I wonder is like, how would you explain a chorus effect to somebody who doesn't know what that is? Yeah, I can explain Cause it. Cause a chorus yeah. effect is cool. Yeah, it's like what chorusing does is like you have a sound and what you're going to do is you're going to duplicate this sound on one or two times. You Mm -hmm. can do a mono chorus or you can do a stereo chorus. And what you do is you detune the duplicate. 
so that you raise the pitch a little bit and you lower the pitch on another one yeah. and it creates this weird the duplicate sound. and I'll do it so that you raise the pitch nice, a little nice. bit and you lower yeah, yeah. the pitch on another and one do, and it creates this weird chorusing sound and I'll do it in this edit I'll like chorus I'll chorus my voice that's so, it always, always so cool to me like the way somebody explained it to me was like when you hear like a congregation right of people singing along they're not in perfect pitch and it's because they're not in perfect pitch that it sounds so big. Absolutely. Which to me is crazy that it's like almost better to do things slightly off than 100% perfect. Yeah. Like if like people are always. That shit always blows like, my mind, dude. Yeah. Like I, I, I've, I've done multiple sessions where they'll have like three people come in to like sing mm-hmm. a choir part. And I'm like, well, we're just going to stack it a ton of times. I'm like, yeah, like it, it kind of works. Yeah. But in the end, it just sounds like three people stacked a bunch of times. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a choir or a chorus because, like you said, like what makes it special is all the different timbres. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's pitch is not is slightly off, and it makes it so huge. That's why guitars sound so great too. Yeah, it's like a guitar is not, it's in tune. Yeah, but, but it's usually not perfectly in tune. When I you know, start playing it, yeah, it's, I know. As soon as I got in ear monitors, it was like I could, I could not listen to people play acoustic guitar in my band. I just I'd hear it go out of tune within like yeah. thirty seconds into each song. It's also the beauty of the instrument, exactly. Though, you know? So it's kind of cool. Like maybe like perfect pitch as we define it nowadays is real, but maybe human beings can't actually hear things perfectly because that's why like when something is a little detuned, we might be like, think it sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird, it's like a weird art thing where it's like perfection is not really the final goal. Yeah. It's a way to help get us to the final goal. We don't really know what that is though. It's it's making something sound good, I guess. Yeah. Not perfect. But progress. But, but um, yeah, exactly. A space of growth. Oh. Right, space so of this, growth. This is what, like, why I love this fucking Sade. It's like which, like I'm thinking about being a better person after listening to this song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please tell everyone in your life about this podcast. <laughs> Please tell everyone, all the players out there, right. all the smooth operators, coast to coast, L.A. to Chicago, which is a weird coast to pick, but we'll... we'll wow, she, you're right, You know, right. she's British. Yeah, you're right. That's hilarious. <laughs> Thanks so much. Rate and review our podcast. We're on Patreon, Spotify, Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to this.